and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies in Travel Mation with an M, Joe Chung. How are you guys doing today? Um, I'm home with a sick kid, so you may hear them intermittently, hopefully. They're in the, uh, you know how sometimes they get like a second wind when they're feeling bad? They're in that portion of the day, so <laughs> maybe some screaming, but hopefully everything's okay. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, just doing okay. You know, getting ready for our uh, flight to Mexico City on Wednesday. And I have, it's funny, uh, our buddy Rick is going to be down there too. He's like, hey, have you guys done any research or what? what's the plan when we get down there? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't ever, I think I'm a little bit weird. I don't ever read anything or look at anything. I just kind of go to a place. I don't even know like what requirements I have to get in. I think I just have to fill out a form, but um, especially these days, that's probably not a good idea, but uh, yeah, I just kind of show up and I might have like one or two things I plan on trying to achieve, but other than that, I just kind of see where it takes me and, and get some recommendations from locals and stuff like that and kind of play it by the ear and see how it plays out. What are the official meetup days? This is the, this is the meetup where you're running into some big festival or something and it's going to be a mess for everyone who's not coming in early like you, right? Yeah, it's the, uh, their independence day. So the 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 thing the shout where the president gets like a hundred thousand people in the city center and kind of like salutes their heroes and stuff starts at midnight on thursday night or friday morning depending on how you want to look at it so that kind of kicks it off they close down the streets around where the hotel is probably like 3 p.m thursday so anybody that's coming in later might have a little bit of an issue you know walking and and getting to the thing but it won't be any i mean the same as sean said when you went to mardi gras when they shut down streets for that and you stay at the hotel. You just got to kind of work your way around it. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, it's everything kind of centers around the Zocalo, which is the central square in Mexico City. If you've ever been to like Spain or any sort of Spanish city, you know that they always have a uh, central square and that's Mexico City's, I think is the largest in the world. It's like Mark said, holds over 100,000 people. And uh, September 16th is their Independence Day, like our July 4th in the United States. And it's always been. This what is I've... the Cinco de Mayo. We think it is like yeah, we exactly. think Cinco de Mayo is this, but this is actually Cinco de Mayo. We're we're blowing people's minds right now. Everybody, what do you mean Cinco de Mayo isn't Mexican <laughs> Independence Day? You're so wrong. Yeah, uh, you know, I a few years ago or way back in 2007, I had the uh, benefit of going to Guatemalan Independence Day, which is coincidentally September 15th of a different year, but they're only a day apart, and that was incredible and. Uh, from there, we got to Mexico like on September 17th, like the day after, and I always vowed to kind of return for Mexican Independence Day, and so I'm really excited for it. That was sort of the brainchild of why we did this meetup when we did it, and I'm flying to Mexico City tomorrow, really looking forward to it. Might try to sneak out to Six Flags, Mexico on Thursday morning, so we'll see uh, if I can Shocker. sneak in. <laughs> but, you going to uh, take Mark, or Mark, would you go if he took you? No. <laughs> no, I'm going to take my kid and my wife, yes. and... Uh, the problem with it, the one reason I'm considering not doing it is just because of what Mark said, to get back to where the hotel is might be a pain by that time that we're done because they're going to start closing streets. So I guess I'm going to make that decision on the ground when we learn more, like from the hotel and the staff, about exactly what's going to happen with closures. Cause Why not wanna... try Wednesday? Go Wednesday. Because they're not open Wednesday. Yeah, they're not open. Uh, or, or we would go on Wednesday. So It's like a weekend, weekend only fall hours type thing or... They just never. Yeah, but I think they're opening Thursday because of the festival, because it's a it's a federal holiday. Um, I think so. That's why they're open Thursday, not Wednesday, because people are still in school. So we'll see how it works out. But excited for that, of course. Uh, Right now, I'm sitting in this lovely suite, the biggest room I've ever seen at a Hyatt place in Boca Raton, like a thousand square foot suite. I didn't even know that they existed, but uh, Boca baby. Yeah. I love how saying much, Boca like much, an old Jewish man. Like you know, like, how much plastic surgery have you seen on the streets? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went to Publix last night, and there was definitely a lot of old Jewish people. So my kind of uh, my kind of peeps uh, all around the place. Uh, as a future old Jewish man myself, I appreciate the uh, the crowd here. So yeah, I'm here in Florida. I got off Walmart of the Seas as we teased last week. The cruise got a little better after I talked last week, but uh, there were definitely some fun. They heard it. They listened. That's why. No, it just you got uh, the influencer treatment. No, I think I just adapted. You know, you adapt to your environment, right? So you just uh, you know you manage your expectations there. I mean, I was really excited for this cruise. Uh, It's Mardi Gras, which is Carnival's newest ship. Um, This is called the Excellence Class, and if people don't know, like Carnival's parent company actually owns 
I think like close to a dozen different cruise lines, but many different cruise lines. Um, and they're building versions of this ship in different, uh, different countries. Like P&O Cruises is their British cruise line. They're getting a couple of them. Uh, they also have one for Ida Cruises, which is their German cruise line. Costa Cruises or Costa Cruises as their Italian cruise line is getting versions of this ship. And then Carnival Corporation in America is getting three versions of this ship, the Mardi Gras, the Celebration, and the Jubilee. So it's kind of exciting because this is really like a step up from any other ship as far as size that Carnival's ever had. It's about 180,000 gross tons, meaning that in Mark speak, it's like the fourth, I think, largest class of cruise ship in the world. Pretty big. Um, 50... 5,200 people at double occupancy, but it holds up to 6,500 people if you add third and fourth people in the in the cabins. And let's start there. That's a lot of people on, no. a, on a cruise ship. No, no way. That's too much. <laughs> that is a lot. I mean, but how full was it? Because, I mean, we're in shoulder season solidly. Did you, how long was the cruise? Like, you didn't start on Labor Day, did you? But either way, less people are traveling now. So, I mean, how full did it feel? Yeah, so this is going to be important to everything I say here. The reason I booked it is because my wife's birthday uh, is uh, on September 4th, and it was a September 3rd departure, so it was going to be over her birthday, but it did Labor Day did fall within that, so I think a lot of people sort of did it because of that. So the ship had 5,750 people on it out of a possible maximum of 6,500, and I want to just start by saying it felt so absolutely crowded, um, and I'll go over some of the details there, but... I mean, everywhere you went, there were huge lines for everything. If you really look at, like in the cruise industry, they look at like the amount of passengers per, you know, ton of weight and stuff like that. Carnival has really, over the years, moved to putting more passengers in less space. And this was really a shock to me. I had known this going in, but I have been on several other Carnival cruises this year on some of their older ships. And the level of packing people in and the level of the way that they cut back certain venues and things like that, was almost uh, was almost shocking, but maybe I'll start with uh, like the background. So it was of like booking. Vegas, overcrowded <laughs> and, and less oh, venues. It was worse. It was yeah, kind <laughs> of like that, but like but yeah, you're trapped and uh, with uh, with a rowdy group of people too. A, a very interesting group, not a group of people I saw on any other Carnival cruise this year. And they came in all shapes, sizes, everything. It was all different backgrounds, but it was just. Yeah, rowdy people. But I booked this cruise as my free cruise from the Carnival Fun Match. Uh, I did a whole episode on cruise hacking. If people haven't listened to that, you can go back. It talks all about that, exactly how to do it. Um, the Fun Match is still going on if you have casino status. Um, lately, I, I've noticed in our group that people are saying the offers aren't as good. I got an offer for a free balcony cruise and a free Ocean View cruise. And I used the free balcony cruise to book a front-facing balcony on this ship which let's start there. The room is actually very attractive. Um, some of the older Carnival ships, the rooms are like very, you know, mediocre looking, I'd say. Um, but this room is very attractive. Modern colors, lots of blues and grays. Uh, if you walked into a hotel room that looked like this, you would be very happy. Although one thing you notice right away is that the rooms on this ship are about 10% narrower than on any of the other ships. So they, they figured out exactly how they could cut down the space to, you know, if you make a room 10% narrower, then you can add for every 10 rooms, right? You can add another one. So I'm always interested now that I've been looking at cruises more um, for the front facing balconies. And I also know the back facing ones as well. There's an extended veranda. A lot of the times, like it, it goes out further. And so did you get that? And like, how did you feel about that? And then my other question is, I was thinking about this even for myself, you know, they always say that in front, you feel it a little more. And so I'm wondering your experience with that, not just on this cruise, but uh, in general. Since I'm sure people who have never cruised before, something they're curious about if they're thinking about cruising, like, say, on the MTM Diamond Cruise in February. Yeah, so it's actually really cool when you do the casino match that, like, if you get a free balcony offer, you can do any category within the balconies. And so the highest category on this ship would be, I think, 8L is what they call it, but that would be either the front-facing or the back-facing balconies. Um, They only have, like, on the front-facing four balcony cabins out of maybe, like, 80 of them that can hold more than two people. So if you're a family, there was very few. Luckily, I had booked it back in December of last year, so I was able to get one of those. The back-facing balconies were already full for multiple you know, occupants for more than two people. Um, so it's really actually nice. Uh, you would think it'd be very windy there, but it's not. Um, the balcony was probably three to four times the size of what a standard balcony would be, which on this ship are pretty small. Like just the normal balcony cabins are probably just big enough for 
like two chairs. There's not a lot of wiggle room. Our balcony uh, extended out quite a bit. And it was really nice when, during sail away to be able to kind of just watch the ship from the front, not having to be in public areas. Great views there uh, as well. The one downside to the front cabins on this ship is that the front balconies is that uh, they're not see-through. Um, so because they, because it's the hole, you know, they have to, it's all metal. So you basically have to stand up to see out. So if you're like sitting in a chair on your balcony, you're not seeing the sea. Whereas if you're on like a side balcony, there's glass there where you could see out. So that would be the only sort of downside. You would think there'd be a lot of wind, but the wind wasn't really an issue. If anything, it was so hot and steamy in the Caribbean that like being out there, it was just like a very kind of light breeze that would come over you. And it actually felt really nice to be out there. So I don't have any real complaints about the cabin other than, you know, it's very narrow, which again, didn't bother me. The bathroom is, uh, is very small. It's, it's maybe half the size of bathrooms on other ships in Carnival's fleet, which are already small. Um, the shower, they actually made a decent size, but then the bathroom, yeah, I mean, it, it's just not, it, you, you can't even basically get dressed in the bathroom. That's how small it is. Um, so that's something to, to consider. Is this the one that I saw a picture of Ellie, like the bunk beds right above your bed, basically, that she sleeps in? No, that was actually an older ship. We did two different cruises. We did the Carnival Paradise, which was like the oldest class of ship for Carnival, and then the Mardi Gras back-to-back to kind of contrast them. Um, so for that one, uh, she had a bunk. On this one, they actually convert the couch into a bed, which is really nice, so it's not taking up any extra space. Um, I don't really like those bunk beds that drop down. So uh, basically, uh, you have two twin beds. No that funny push business together. when you got your kids sleeping right above you. <laughs> yeah, or even next to you in a, in a sofa. It's hard to. Yeah, you would do funny th- business th- in, th- them when they're in the a, same room. Like, come on. Man. Thankfully, there's a kids' oh, club, Mark. There, so I thought maybe there was like a door, but no, no, no door. It's but a, there a really is a kids small club where room, you can Mark. like dump the kid all day, right? So. <laughs> yeah, you need this code time for sock on the door. It's gotta, yeah, it's gotta be date. It's daytime funny business only on a cruise. That's that's the bottom line. Oh man! And really quick, nope, the kids club. Ellie, <laughs> Ellie loves the kids clubs. It's like summer camp for her. Um, so she will literally uh, be there almost the entire cruise if we let her. And uh, really good kids club, probably the best in the Carnival fleet. Um, you know, they all new spaces, a lot of space for them. There was a lot of kids though. I mean, they were kids everywhere on this ship, uh, despite uh, school being back in. Um, but yeah, no complaints about the kids club. The room is fine. Like I said, big TV, they have very limited channels, which is pretty common on Carnival. So like if you're used to like a Carnival ship or even like Royal Caribbean or Norwegian, you're going to have like about the same size cabin as far as the, the other, the cabin goes on Royal Caribbean or in Norwegian. It's pretty attractive. My only complaint would be the very small bathroom, which isn't a deal breaker for me. And uh, so overall, I think the room was good. But what really like opened my eyes when we got on the ship was the lack of elevators. Uh, there's, you know, we, we cruised on Carnival's Spirit class, which I know doesn't mean anything to you guys, but uh, it's one of their more popular ships and uh, that was where we went to Alaska. We did the transatlantic on that same class of ship and I went and did the calculations and there's 50% less elevator space per passenger on the Mardi Gras compared to those and you notice it from the minute you get on the ship. You are in packed elevators the entire time. Sometimes you're waiting five to ten minutes for an elevator. Um, People have no patience and this is really what got me is there the elevator banks are eight elevators, right? And let's say you're waiting there and you press the button people on this Walmart of the seas, they don't understand that there's other people waiting. So the people will just walk up and they'll try to, they'll outrun you to the elevator, even though you were waiting. And this happened like dozen times over the course of a week um, where people were doing that or they were trying to shove, you know, we, one time we were in an elevator, there was like 14 of us and these elevators are small. They're not big elevators. They're very slow. I don't really quite understand how on a new ship they did this. But we had three people that just decided they were going to ram into our elevator of 14 people. Uh, max capacity is 15. And you know that you never, I've never been in an elevator at max capacity. You know, 15 is like people, you know, standing elbow to elbow. They, these three uh, bigger people too, like rammed their way in. And we actually overloaded the elevator. It's the first time I've ever seen it where an elevator stopped and said that the wait was over. But we're like screaming at them to get out of the elevator. They're just like pushing their way in. Um, this is sort of the dynamic on this ship. Dirty plates left everywhere. Um, one time we were walking down the stairs and somebody left an ice cream cone on the stairs. There was no like regard for your fellow human being. Uh, it felt crowded. It felt like going to a Walmart on a busy Saturday during the felt holidays. like Disney on a weekend. No. <laughs> so but, I mean, maybe crowd-wise, but not. Uh, That's yeah, what I it's meant. Not just, like people-wise. Yeah. So Walmart not is not people, even though. the ship. It's the 
clientele you're saying? Well, there are some like criticisms of the ship. The ship is very attractive. Um, if you've ever been on an older Carnival ship, they had this, uh, I think his name was Joe Farkas. They had this really eclectic designer who would do these really out there designs. They've gone away from that. And so it's very modern feeling. And there's some areas of the ship that feel very high quality. There are others where you could tell they cut corners. So it looks really attractive, but if you sit on the seat, it's very hard or, you know, it looks kind of like leather, but you touch it, it's plastic. Uh, Jasmine sort of, you know, she's a realtor. She sort of compared it to like a cheap flip. You know how people will buy a house and they'll put like the minimum amount of crap that they can put in to make it look really nice. But when you kind of look under the surface, it's not really that nice. That's sort of how the ship felt. So it's really pretty in some areas. And there are some areas that are high quality, but for the most part, the seating is uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, it's just not the most comfortable place in the world. I'm really curious because the Disney Wish, which is the newest Disney ship, they are also getting a lot of complaints about having less elevators. You know, all the old ships had three elevator banks. The Disney Wish only has two. And so I hear that's been a problem as well. Not to get too cruise nerdy, but since we're talking about, you know, a new ship, Sean, like, is this what cruise ships have been doing? Like, cramming more rooms, taking away elevators, you know, is this kind of like the way of the future for these the spirit you know, ships the, that are coming seas. out right now? <laughs> it has I, been for Carnival. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, you go. I go can't ahead. I can't stand in, waiting for an elevator anywhere. That's one of the things I hate, like certain hotels in Vegas and stuff, like you'll get stuck there forever waiting for elevators. So I think it's just such a cheap little skimp to make people wait, you know, and then they just get frustrated. Or They're not going to want to spend money. Yeah, and they're not gonna... these cruise these cruise ships are like fifteen decks, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but so like you can't, you know, you're you're gonna get to your place angry, and then you're just you don't even want to go back to your room because you know you're gonna have to wait for the elevator and fight over it, and it's just it's so frustrating. It just ma- ruins the experience that you end up spending less money and having less, you know, less of a good time. It's it's stupid. Yeah, there's a couple of really questionable things about the elevators on this ship, and you're right, Joe especially Carnival and MSC, who has become a really big player in the cruise space over the last decade. have That's also building... low budget too, right, MSC? Yeah, I would say they're actually probably considered to be slightly below Carnival uh, as far as What's their below Walmart? passenger race. Walgreens? Race. Yeah, I don't know. Like a, like <laughs> well, it's a different genre. That's like yeah. apples and orange. We're talking like oceans. <laughs> I don't know if they have it elsewhere, but in Massachusetts it's called like Ocean State Job Lot. It's just like, and it's like a warehouse just full of junk. Well, I mean stuff, okay. but it's super cheap, but yeah. But uh, big lots. I'm going to, yeah, big lots. It's the big lots of the sea. And I'm going to try MSC next year. I have a free cruise that I got from my Atlantic City match, which I also talked about on that cruise hacking episode. So we'll see. I'm going to try their Seascape, which is their newest ship, uh, which, you know, now being on Mardi Gras, I've sort of tempered my expectations. I'll kind of know what to expect going in. But yeah, the elevator, I don't know, like on Panorama, which was Carnival's last new build that debuted, I think, in 2019, they actually had smart elevators on that. Uh, ship. So, you know, you that's like the one where you go press your floor on a panel and it tells you which elevator to go to. And so I talked to quite a few passengers. I'm sailing on that ship in December. I haven't done it myself, but who said that elevator system was much better. Um, on this ship, not only do you not have that, it's just the old-fashioned elevators. They're very, very slow. And I have never seen elevators on a cruise ship that are this slow. Like, they move very slowly. So I don't know if they were cutting costs to get cheaper elevators or what, again, comparing it to like the Spirit class, which are ships that were built 20 years ago, those elevators are quick. And then the other stupid thing about it is that if the, so the, the, if anybody hits the button, even as the doors are closing, it opens the doors back up again. And when you have these really crowded elevator lobbies with like 40 people, people don't have the patience to wait for the, the doors to close. And even after the doors close, if you hit the button within about a second before the elevator starts moving, it opens back up. So there's times where you're sitting in an elevator with 15 other people, like you can't move. There's no ventilation in these elevators. There's no air conditioning in these elevators. And then all of a sudden you have idiots out there pressing the button over and over. And you're literally sitting there until people are screaming at each other, like, stop pressing the button. And this happened not once, not twice, many times on the ship. So what I did is anytime I was going down, and I mean down, like from, we were on deck 15 was our our cabin. Sometimes the kids club was on deck four, we would walk. So I just used it as like a good excuse to go down. Um, And then anything within about three to four decks up, I would go and just use the stairs. Obviously, if I was going from deck four up to deck 17, I took the elevators. Uh, But going down, I would walk down 10 or 12 flights of stairs rather than wait for an elevator or deal with it. Because there was just no chance that you weren't going to be crammed in there, you know, like like cattle or something. It was it was uh, it was crazy. 
That does not sound fun. So, uh, and I mean, you just confirmed all my biases with no background well, information. I mean, he confirmed <laughs> your biases, but I do think this is something that's been happening on newer ships, like the older ships. Like this is not obviously on the first day you get on a cruise, the elevators are always slammed, no matter what. But after that, generally, it's pretty chill. And I think when you, but when you re- reduce the number of elevators, and then elevators going slow also does not make sense you know you kind of want yeah i mean you don't want them to go super fast because you're on a cruise ship but you know it should go at a at least at a decent pace so i think i don't know this seems to be i'm wondering if cruise lines are going are getting negative feedback and are going to learn from this because it does seem like they've just been you know it's all about maximizing these days and that's not great for customer service or the customer experience yeah it's definitely that corporatism that we see and uh, I will say, you know, this ship has far more crew than many of their other ships just because of the size. And it did seem like they're really struggling not only to have enough crew members, uh, you're constantly seeing like tables dirty everywhere, which is not something I've seen on any other cruise, including other carnival cruises. Uh, the staff is not friendly on this ship, which is just not like you see on any other cruise, including other carnival cruises. Yeah. So everywhere you go, it's like things are dirty. You know, it's, it's just not comfortable. The staff is not very friendly. Um, so it, that experience wasn't good either. And then the other thing that really stood out about this to me is I've, this was, I think, my 15th cruise. Um, so I've been on quite a few cruises, and I've never had to think about public bathrooms on a cruise. Um, usually, you know, you need to go to the bathroom. The bath, there's enough bathrooms for anybody. You don't have to wait in lines at the bathrooms. Um, they're clean because they're constantly cleaning them. On this ship, it is very clear that they cut back bathroom spaces uh, to the minimum that they could. So no matter where you went on the ship, you're waiting in lines for the bathrooms. They had this weird system. Was where this a sporting event? It, it felt like it. I, and again, this has never been something I've even thought there some about. Porta potties out there. Yeah, they, they need to put some porta potties out on the deck because this is never something that's ever been an issue. Um, and then they installed these weird, like contactless door things, and because this ship was under construction during COVID, so I imagine they probably added these on. So uh, you wave your hand on a sensor, and the door opens, and it stays open for ten seconds. And these bathrooms weren't built for like the door to be open. So like the door will just be open to the promenade and there's guys, you know, peeing in the, in the urinals right there. The door stays open every time somebody does it for 10 seconds. You can't manually close it. If you do, it resets and it opens itself back up. Um, really weird things there. There wasn't enough staff cleaning it. Like it was funny one night we were coming out of the casino. There's a, there's these bathrooms that are right between the casino and the, and the showroom and they're like handicapped bathrooms. So they're like, one person in there at a time, you know, those type of bathrooms. And uh, I was waiting in line, as you do on this ship, waiting in line for every single thing. And uh, all, all of a sudden came out of the bathroom this couple, this older couple, and I, me and this other guy made a joke, being like, oh, what was going on in there, right? And the guy, like, looked at me with a straight face, and he's like, I would never do anything in there. And then, you know, two minutes later, I'm in that bathroom, and there's, like, dirty plates in the bathroom. There's food in the bathroom. Um, there's trash all over the place in the bathroom. They weren't cleaning them nearly as much as you would see on any who other takes, ship. So. Who takes, like, a piece of cake in the bathroom with them on they're a just having a nice, They're just I'm having not... a nice meal in the bathroom. <laughs> so Mark, I mean, I come never, on. Mark, I stop ne- being so elitist. I have never seen people travel with food on a cruise ship like on this ship. I mean, people would, they would go get food from all the different places of the ship and you would see them in shows in uh, everywhere chomping around. They were, Um, they took a plate of food into the show. So one night, so this is a, one night we're sitting there watching a show in the theater. This is like the worst thing that happened or not the worst, but this is an example of like what we dealt with all week. So we're sitting there watching a show and I had a seat uh, to the right of me that was empty and there's a cup holder there, but that's a shared cup holder, right? So it's my arm rest and there's a cup holder on it and my arm is resting on it, but there's nobody sitting in that seat. And this group of uh, people comes in and they all have like Shaq's big chicken, like chicken fingers and stuff. And so they bring their big plates to watch the show and they're like chomping behind it. But somebody had left a cup, like a glass uh, in that seat that they were sitting in uh, before, right? Just they had left or whatever. So this, uh, this lady comes sits down in the seat, takes the glass from the cup holder that was left from before, reaches over my shoulder and puts it in the cup holder where my arm is and says, somebody left that there. And I almost like, I, I almost like, I couldn't, I, I was like absolutely shocked. So she just decided that she would take the cup, hold, cup and put it there. And then I had to hear her chomp on her food the rest of the time sitting behind me. 
I have never, I, I, I almost lost it. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, God help me. I, you know, I just started Can you not put moment. it on the floor, like by your feet? Or like, like... Well, That's what I ended up doing. I put it on the floor, but that's not my, why is it my problem? Like she was yeah. sitting behind me, you know, to, it, it wasn't even like she put it in an empty seat. My arm is sitting on the armrest. She literally puts it basically in my armrest and my cup holder and, you know, and just says, well, it was left here from the person before. It's like, yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. I guess maybe that stereotypical thing that people say Walmart of the seas. People were rowdy. They were inconsiderate. They were rude, um, pushy, all the sort of worst things that you can think of humanity. And I've never seen anything like this on any of my other cruises. I have never experienced it. I think it's maybe a reason to really be careful about the itineraries. This is, was a very traditional Caribbean itinerary that you see out of Port Canaveral. You know, there were six, almost 6,000 people, right? There was plenty of nice people on this ship, but there were just hordes of very rude people and like i said they came in all shapes sizes everything uh, all different backgrounds from all different parts of the country uh, this was just a different group of people compared to what i've been on cruise ships with before and i don't really want to go on a cruise ship with them again let's just put it that way you know the food was pretty typical carnival food which i think is actually okay you know it's like maybe like a, a mid-level all-inclusive type food it's pretty good some things are pretty good um, how are the not... how are the Shaq's chicken fingers though? Are they worth bringing into a show? Are they okay, I will say the one highlight was Shaq's big chicken. I want to go try it in Las <laughs> Vegas. That's the location that's on land. That chicken sandwich is legitimately very very good. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. I want to also say Carnival. I think does entertainment better than any other cruise line. And this ship, they've taken the entertainment to another level. There are always musicians in multiple areas of the ship. The comedians were top notch. Uh, the shows were really good. Um, they have this celebration central area where they put on shows. Like all the, the it's very been very clear to me through all my cruises that Carnival spends more money on their entertainers, on their musicians. They pay them very well. Um, the piano bar guy on the ship was just amazing. So like as far as entertainment goes, there was more entertainment than you could really consume. And every direction you went, you had multiple high quality things that you could do. And so that's really, I think, a testament to what Carnival's focusing on. Um, they're cutting back spaces, they're cutting back service, but they're still spending money on entertainment. And uh, yeah, and it's not just, oh, there's a guy playing a guitar here. There's really high quality musicians. They have like, uh, you know, violin trio. They have all different kinds of entertainment on the ship. Uh, like I said, the comedians, uh, I've, on the Paradise, the oldest carnival ship we did right before that, the comedians were pretty terrible. It's pretty clear that they took their best comedians and put them on uh, Mardi Gras because they were all good. We saw five comedians over the course of the week and they were all like just amazing. Um, so I was entertained, uh, just not entertained by the other people on board. And uh, I felt like my anxiety was triggered constantly by being my space being violated and, uh, you know, plates everywhere, food everywhere, um, you know, other things like that. Question for you, since um, we're talking so much about this cruise on Carnival for the dining for, I mean, it, I was thinking of this because Shaq's Chicken, is that something you pay extra for in general? Do you find yourself on Carnival eating in whatever dining is included or do you find yourself eating a lot of uh, extra stuff? So what's actually interesting about this ship, so Norwegian started this like in the cruise industry like 15, 20 years ago with their freestyle cruising concept and they started building all these specialty restaurants and now, you know, then a lot of cruise lines started building steakhouses, but now you have all different types of specialty restaurants and all the newer ships. And Mardi Gras was built uh, with several of these. There's a teppanyaki, there's a sushi. They also built several uh, re restaurants. There's a Guy Fieri barbecue restaurant. Uh, there's a Chinese Mexican fusion restaurant. And then there's an Italian restaurant. Those, all three of those were meant to be premium experiences. They've had to make them free because they realized that the dining rooms are overrun. They didn't build enough dining room space for the amount of passengers. Oh, um, like they thought would... people would go eat at the other places and not enough did? And yeah, so, basically. Yeah. And so they've made it free on this ship. On other ships, those venues cost money. Um, and it was evident, like on the first formal night, the wait for, you know, you, they have a really good app where you check in, you know, you do everything virtually so you don't have to waste a lot of time. But the wait to get into the dining room was anywhere between 40 to 60 minutes. Um, and that happened several different nights. Um, the food was you know, pretty good. Generally, we eat in the dining room. I'm not spending a lot of money. Like on our transatlantic, we did the steakhouse, which was really nice. Um, so usually we'll do like one premium restaurant maybe during a cruise. Um, and like I said, the food was pretty much in line, like in the main dining room with all the other ships. Their menu is standardized. So all the other carnival cruises we did this year, like the menu is pretty much the same. It varies every day, but um, you know, day one on one ship is day one on another ship. 
you know, the formal night's going to have the same menu, things like that, you know, lobster. Um, so yeah, overall the food was fine. The service was really crazy. The first time we ate in the dining room, uh, they delivered all our food at once. Instead of like bringing food, they wait till you, till you eat and then they bring the next course. Um, it, it was just clear that the, the staff was not trained very well on this ship. Um, I'm guessing because they need so much more staff than other ships that they're having a hard time getting enough people. Um, you know, usually like your cabin steward is really well trained and really friendly. Ours, he was friendly enough, but our room when we got there was pretty dirty too. I forgot to mention that. Um, we tend to like wipe down the rooms now on cruise ships just because we know they're not getting maybe the attention that they used to. And Jasmine used uh, these, you know, disinfecting wipes and they were like black at the end of wiping down all the surfaces. It was really uh, rough. That's worse than, like I said, we've been doing it on all our cruises this year and usually you'll pick up some dust and stuff like that, but these were black at the end of it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, it was you know, there, there's just uh, too much bad for me to recommend this ship, at least in the condition, at least if you're sailing on a fairly full sailing. I cannot imagine them another 750 people on this ship and how much worse it would have even been. Um, I'm sure if it was 3,000 people on the ship, it would have been fine, right? Because you wouldn't have had a lot of these issues of uh, crowding and stuff like that. How long has the ship been in service? It debuted uh, right about a year ago, I think August of 2021. It was supposed to originally debut summer of 2020. Um, and then there is another ship coming online in November. That's the Carnival Celebration, uh, which is the same exact layout of a ship. Uh, the Mardi Gras, of course, it has a several uh, New Orleans-themed areas. I think the celebration is going to have, those areas are going to be Miami-themed, but otherwise pretty much the same ship. Uh, it does have the roller coaster at sea, which was a lot of fun, which I talked about a little bit last week. Um, really good water park with three huge water slides that are a lot of fun, very fast slides. Uh, so there's a lot to do there, too, a lot of uh, activities going on throughout the ship. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked a lot of that stuff, uh, but I would rather take an older ship with a, an older water slide or something, no coaster. Um, and, you know, I certainly, like I said, out of 15 cruises, and I think this was my, I think, eighth not carnival thousands cruise. thousands of cruises? Not, not no, thousands. not thousands, but eighth not carnival yet. cruise, <laughs> fourth carnival cruise months. this year. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm working on it, Mark. Uh, so, but I think this is my eighth carnival cruise, fourth this year. Um, so coming into this year, I'd done four carnival cruises, uh, four Norwegian cruises, three Royal Caribbean cruises. Um, and then now I've done four carnivals this year, so I've done a total of eight. This was the worst cruise I've ever been on. Um, it's just not something I would recommend. Uh, I, don't, I don't like going to Walmart on a Saturday uh, right before Christmas, and I certainly wouldn't want to spend a week on a cruise ship dealing with that again. Um, if I go on Carnival again, which, you know, I'm a little burned out on Carnival. I'm doing the, in December, I'm doing another cruise, which will probably be very busy because it's right before Christmas. I will probably pick itineraries like I did with Alaska or Transatlantic, where you're going to get an older crowd because that's just a very different group of people um, that are, you know, with different priorities, I guess. I don't know. So I would. They go would to bed early. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It's just, you know, you're not it just, I would say maybe people that. We get it, Sean. We get it. You don't have to. Yeah. Don't, don't be I an think, elitist. I think don't the person in the review. Don't be an elitist. The person in the review was uh, mixed up the names and Sean's the elitist. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah. From we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that. <laughs> no, but, uh... the, per the person specifically <laughs> said that they like to say, if, if they didn't say my name no. otherwise, then I, they would, said, I would agree. No, we'll get to that. S-C-A-N. We don't know who that is. Don't, don't tease the end of the episode. Uh, I got one more thing on the cruises. Just to be fair to Carnival, I feel like the Disney Wish, again, the newest Disney boat, which came online in July. People are generally liking it, but I have seen more negative comments about the service on the Disney Wish than I have on, like, any Disney cruise ever. And I think what is happening is these cruise lines are putting these new ships out. Everyone, of course, wants to go on the new ships, Why? which is why, like, the Disney Wish is almost sold out every time. Your Carnival Mardi Gras was completely packed. Hey, don't call it my Carnival Mardi Gras, all right? That's, uh, your I, your not... Carnival Mardi Gras sailing, excuse me, was completely packed. And I bet you that the cruise lines, they didn't get enough staff. They didn't have enough time to train them, and that's a lot of new stuff. Even if they bring staff from old ships, they need to learn the new ship. And then there's too many people. They probably have staff rolling out all the time because of covid like they don't they're not even if all their staff is on board they're not fully staffed and i bet you that's why you're seeing these service issues it's like the combination you know it's all the problems we've been seeing in the travel industry with the revenge travel and all that all happening except for you're trapped on a cruise ship nightmare yeah exactly i, I thought the ports were good we went to puerto rico we went to san juan which i've been to before 
uh, really nice. Uh, we went to Carnival sort of private ports in Dominican Republic and uh, in Grand Turk. I like both of those. They had pools, you know, ocean you can swim in. So, I mean, as far as that was concerned, I didn't do any excursions, but, you know, that was good. I think the one sort of fatal flaw of this ship is that the space, there's not enough space for the amount of people on the ship. And if you're on a fairly full sailing, you're going to really be miserable. You're going to be on top of people. You're going to be waiting in line. You're going to be trying to search for tables. Um, it's going to be hard for the staff to keep up. Uh, and, you know, for that reason, I wouldn't recommend it. If you were going in a very, very off-peak time where it looks like it's going to be half full, then I think you would probably have a completely different takeaway from Mardi Gras. Um, but that's not what the case was for me. And I, I don't know how they could put another 750 people on that boat, but uh, shout out to PDX Steel's guy. I called it a boat. Um, but, you know, it really is a boat. It's not a ship. People I'm not, are it's so not worthy triggered of the ship. right now. They're <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope that you know lets so people know elitist. that the, I'm sure yeah, exactly. I'm I'm very elitist. I'm the one who went on four carnival cruises this year and I'm the elitist one. No. You need to get on uh, uh, Virgin ship. That'll be Yeah, so here. I I am hoping to book Virgin. Uh, we're trying to figure out dates to cause Virgin's eighteen plus, um, so we can get Ellie a babysitter next year. And uh, through UR Comp, I do have an offer for a free Virgin cruise because uh, I matched my carnival offer to urcomp.com. Another thing I talked about in that cruise hacking episode. So yeah, I do hope to do that because that looks amazing. And uh, also uh, try out some other cruise lines, uh, get away from Carnival, at least for these type of traditional Caribbean sailings. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I, I'm, I'm kind of over the Caribbean. Like it's not my favorite. I don't go on a cruise in the Caribbean to go for the ports um, I'm at this point for ships. I want to go like find more unique itineraries, do more Mediterranean cruises, uh, maybe some in the Middle East, other places. You're going to find older ships there too. So you don't get like the new hotness when you go on those less uh, traditional itineraries, but I'm kind of over the Caribbean. Like it doesn't do much for me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been for a while, so we're thinking of maybe going on one Caribbean cruise next year, but even that, uh, Jess is like, we did that already, right? Like Nassau, you don't really get off unless you're going to go visit Atlantis for the day. Um, even Disney's private Island is really nice, but you know, you've done it. Obviously I'm thinking about a Disney cruise. I, I think it really is about trying out new ships and stuff like that, which I think is why this is so disappointing, the Carnival Mardi Gras, because the thing you were going for is the ship itself, and then the actual experience of being on the ship was so bad. So, I mean, sorry you had to deal with that, but uh, out of eight cruises, I guess you were going to have to have at least one that uh, was a dud. Yeah, and I did get a ride, the only roller coaster at sea, so there you go, that's my... My he just did it for the pain. credit. He did it only for the yeah, credit. Yeah, he did it for the credit. He went through all that pain for the credit. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, and... Uh, so yeah, there you go. If you disagree with me, you've been on the ship, let us know. You can, you can yell at me. Uh, it's perfectly fine. I was looking so, much, so forward to this. This was my most anticipated cruise of the year. And uh, yeah, and I also went on Odyssey of the Seas, which was a Royal Caribbean ship of the very similar size. It was their newest ship. Uh, they've debuted one since then in February. So they're very comparable ships, both brand new, very similar size, Odyssey being a little smaller. There is almost, other than entertainment, the Royal Caribbean is better in every single way. The ship is better. The spaces are better. The quality of everything is better, except for entertainment, where I think Carnival... Elevators uh, are better. Is better. Yeah, the elevators are significantly better on the Odyssey of the Seas. Um, so, yeah, there you go. See, this is why I travel without making any plans or having expectations, because when you get hyped up for something, it usually never lives up to what you are hoping for. Very rarely. Maybe just an Alaska cruise is the only thing that... that... <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, also I had such good experiences on those two, that transatlantic cruise and that Alaska cruise, really great staff, the ship. I really like that layout of ship, that spirit class on Carnival. And that's probably my favorite class of ship that Carnival has. Uh, it's not too big. The layouts make a lot of sense. There's a lot of public space. There's a lot of nooks and crannies that you can kind of get away by yourself. It's a really nice sort of product as far as uh, the layout and, and all the staff was great. Um, so I guess maybe, you know, uh, I, got expectations based on, on that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, not my favorite. Royal Caribbean, I think, does it better. Older Carnival ships, I think, do it better. Even the Carnival Paradise, which we sailed on right before, which has some issues of its own because it's a smaller ship that they've renovated and added more cabins to, so there's some of that crowding stuff. But the staff was significantly better on Carnival's oldest ship, even compared to their newer one. So yeah, shocking, but there it is. Walmart of the Seas. Mark's uh, criticism finally comes true. All the times, <laughs> all the times I, I hate to validated I hate to say... for never doing it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. 
All right, let's uh, let's talk a little miles and points uh, before we we go here. The Marriott Brilliant card. That I, I wanted to talk about this just because uh, maybe people are out there. They're changing the three hundred dollar resort credit that comes with that card, and that I think is coming up in a couple weeks. Maybe was it September twenty second? I think. Yeah, and they're changing it to a restaurant credit and. Mark, what are the data points? How does that work? How are, if, do you have to be at a resort in order to redeem that credit? Or is, if you book online, does the credit work? How can people like maximize that if they have the card in the next uh, two weeks? Asking for a friend, uh, maybe maybe I, I have that card and I need to know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that it works similar to the Aspire Resort credit where if you can get them to book you a, you know an advance rate and sometimes that works. So maybe try to book a... A hotel that has an advance rate purchase and, and get it in there or go to a property and try to uh, to get a gift card and have that work, which is very hit or miss if they sell the gift cards. So that type of thing, or just book a quick staycation. If you have, you know, like a week, just book a hotel somewhere, go to the pool, get some drinks, get some food, burn it up however you can. But yeah, it's, and then it's, you know, it switches over to the $25 a month. So this gives you a chance in the one year to double dip it. And then I'm sure a lot of people will cancel it because they'll hate this change. So you get a little bit as a, a kiss goodbye, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna try to play around with it, see if I can get an advanced booking. If not, I will uh, will be in Mexico, uh, probably going to Acapulco after Mexico City. So maybe I'll try to find a, a resort to to do it. I'm not gonna let it go to waste, but I, you know, with so much going on this year, I've like completely overlooked it. And I was like, oh yeah, September, September. And then next thing I knew, I blinked, and here we are in September, and I haven't used it. And uh, yeah, that's no good. So if you do have that card, make sure you do it. Use it in Acapulco and then put on the Beach Boys. You're all good. There you go. There you go. Um, you also wrote this week about how to get an Amex chat rep quickly, uh, like a little code that somebody, uh, was it in our Facebook group, told you about? Uh, that it seems, uh, seems it's good because I'm always like trying to chat with them and it always takes me forever to get through to an agent and I get frustrated with their robot and all that. So how do you do that? Yeah, it was uh, CCP is what they were told to to type in for the chat, you know, and I was customer care professional, something like that, because the chat can't recognize what it is. And then it'll get you to an agent right away versus answering those little questions. Other people commented and said they just say they type in representative or agent and that works as well. So maybe even just like some random stuff that doesn't make sense gets you there. But I did the agent and I did CCP it and it's totally anecdotal, but uh, it seemed like CCP, the person got there quicker. So I don't know. I don't know if that was anything or just the time of day, but it felt uh, kind of unique. But both of those will will cut the questions out and get you away from the bot, uh, dealing with the the Amex chat bot for sure. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with the Amex chat bot. Yeah, not my not my favorite of all the, the chat bots that are there. Uh, another thing we covered on the site, or you kind of updated a resource, negative balance on credit cards. And I feel like this is something that a lot of people don't know. You know, it happens, right? You either overpay the credit card or sometimes you return something later on or get a credit, uh, especially with all these offers and stuff like that. And then you end up with a negative balance on a card and then you know you don't know what to do. Maybe it's a card that you don't use very often so you're not paying attention or you, know, you don't wanna go out of your way to go buy a gift card or something like that. And eventually a bank will cut a check to you, right? Um, I've had that happen. I actually had it happen earlier this year and I didn't pay attention to it. And when I was going back and audit, I didn't ever, I don't know that the check probably came, I don't know what happened to the check. It didn't, we're traveling a lot. So like my son's getting my mail, maybe he misplaced it. I don't know what happened, but I went back and I was going through my accounts, you know, doing accounting and I found a check that supposedly had been sent to me, but I never got the check. And thankfully we were able to contact American Express. They gave us another one, but uh, it's a good reminder. You have this resource Basically, a lot of times you can get them to apply that credit to another card that you have, and that kind of saves you from having to deal with the check or any of that stuff, right? Yeah, I, I had something similar. With, yeah, I had something similar having with Discover, where they mailed me a check, but I never got the check, and then they ended up. Then they were say, saying, "I called in." They're like, "Okay, we can send it to your bank account," which I want anyways. So sometimes they'll just directly deposit it to your bank account, especially if it's linked. Like if you have a Bank of America card and a Bank of America checking account, you're more likely to be able to do that. And it's very issuer dependent, um, but with Amex, I was able to have them apply the negative balance because I had closed the Amex Platinum, but I had to pay the annual fee because it wasn't going to credit quickly enough. It was like due that day. So I paid the annual fee, closed it, and then the credit hit like a day or two later. So I had that negative balance sitting there. So they were able to move it and apply it to another uh, a, a card that I already had like wrecked, wrecked up some spend on. So 
that makes it easier, probably easier for them and then easier for us for tracking it and making sure like checks are the worst, especially with how mail service is so slow these days and things get lost so easily. I try to avoid it as much as possible. So definitely check out that if you if you run into a negative balance so you can see which issuers let you do what what type of stuff. Yeah, and with American Express, I think you can do it via chat, right? So you can use the tip that you said for chat and yeah. uh, pretty quickly get them to do it. Um, somebody said, know. somebody in the comments said you can do it online too, like in your account. So I'm going to play around with that later because I have another one with a small balance and see if I can get it applied to other things or what the options are and, and probably write something up on it. Yeah, good stuff. I totally agree. Deal with it when you're, when you're seeing it. If you're seeing that credit, deal with it immediately so you don't end up with some check that you never get that you forgot about and you lose that money somehow or have to track it down, it becomes a pain. Um, so yeah, good good advice there. And uh, we'll put that link in the show notes for the resource that talks about the different banks and their different rules and all of that. All right, last thing, DDG wrote this week about Google Flights and uh, some of the savings tips. Do you guys use Google Flight? I still, I know there's all kinds of other tools out there, but for me, flights.google.com, I mean, that's like my first place I go to like see what's available, um, to add, like if I know I'm, sort of eyeing a trip, I can put, you can put trackers in there for the different prices. It'll show you pretty nicely on a calendar all the different uh, prices, uh, which days are good, how the day you're looking at compares to other days. Do you guys use it or do you use something else? No, same. I used to use Kayak and I guess ITA Matrix way back in the day, but then Google Flights bought them. (laughs) So, uh, and I just find Google Flights is just the easiest way to get a general overview of what's going on. Even if I'm thinking of booking a trip on miles and points, I still use Google flights first to just get a feel for what the prices look like. And then I start doing my actual work from there. And then sometimes Google flights looks good enough that, you know, I'm done. So yeah, it's always my starting point for looking for airfare. I don't know about you, Mark. Yeah, same. I'll I'll do it just to find out what the best routings are and then go to those sites to find the award space. Um, Because, you know, you can use things like Award Hacker and stuff and it will show you what should be available, but it doesn't mean that is what is available on your day and stuff. And then, of course, the paid sites will give you a a deeper dive into that. But I I usually, this is like my start point, look it up and then uh, find which routing I want and then go check and then usually get slammed by Delta with like a 60K per person a domestic flight so then i get mad and move on (laughs) yeah i just love that google flights is so fast because i'm always looking different itineraries different options you know non-stop i can just like change it so quick and get so much information quickly and then like you said use other tools to search and and everything else Uh, as part of the article we talked about some of the sort of trends that google flights put out there because they're the other interesting thing is they're tracking all this data right so now they're they know when you know, prices are cheap or not cheap, when people should book, you know, what, when do prices hit their lowest uh, for like Thanksgiving or spring break or, or all that stuff. So that's in the article too, if you want to kind of see what are the sweet spots. Cause I know a lot of people, do you guys know people who are like so paranoid, like they want to book a flight a year out. Like I've had plans with people and they're like, oh, I got to book the flight. And it's, I'm like, it's six months from now. We don't need to have the flight booked. Like I have always done better booking a flight, you know, maybe three months out, things like that. Um, and I think the data seems to support that, that booking ahead of time or far ahead of time when is not necessarily the best option, especially if you're paying cash. Now, of course, when it comes to award space and stuff like that, it's generally best to you know book that as far out as, as you can. All right. That was great, Sean. But can we get to reading Mark's review uh, to close this episode out or what? Let's go. Mark, you want to do the honors or you want me to read it for you? Oh, All right, I want Mark's Mark pointing to read it in his best elitist voice, but okay, Joe gets to read it. Mark's pointing at me, so uh, we got this review. It was it was a little while ago, but we didn't see it. Um, but we really enjoyed it, so we wanted to share. Uh, before I read this review, I just want to note: if you haven't noticed, uh, Sean has updated our logo, our podcast logo, and also just kind of our title. We are the fun side of miles points and travel now so sean that's a great branding there a plus on that but uh, chase rules wrote in in august with a four-star review you know said some positive stuff at the beginning just gonna skip that part because that's not the fun part ends his or her review with what i can do without though is mark's insensitive jokes and his entitled view on things his comments seem very stuck up Really enjoy Joe and S-E-A-N, though, on the podcast. So <laughs> It warms my heart that he spelled Sean wrong. Like, that's the best. 
That's the best part. But you know what's funny is though I made that joke on Twitter and then you completely went over your head and you th- and then you tried to make fun of me, but I had already made that joke. I said, "How could you really love me if you don't know how to spell my name?" I didn't. I don't think I saw that. I don't think I saw that. Um, okay. Well, so we both made it. But yeah, but, it's uh, you know. I yeah, I shared it on Twitter because I thought it was fun. Like, okay, insensitive, sure. Um, I don't know if I've done insensitive jokes on the podcast, but I'm not the most sensitive person for sure. But uh, to be, you know, stuck up, I don't think I've ever been called that in my life. So I thought that was kind of funny. I guess they never listened to the when I fly first class, that story. I did. I did say when you put Coke with a two hundred dollar bottle of scotch, that's as bougie as it gets. You you said it was trashy, but I, it was elitist. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Uh, it's so my, I'm my so elite that I could ruin uh, top top named uh, Johnny Walker with uh, some coke. See, that's how elite I am. Now, on a serious note, we do appreciate uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts and the ones that make us laugh. The ones that uh, there's lots of great reviews, and we love the five. I'm the only ones. one that ever gets hate, though. That's what I find funny. <laughs> no, there was that time where it was like the one time. <laughs> what time? Where it was like Sean and two jokers or something. I'm sorry, I'm getting attacked. Oh no, it's the it was the sh- yeah, but I was right involved now, in so that. You're gonna have to finish this episode without me. But <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us this week. As a reminder, mtmpodcast.com. You can find links for Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you do like the show. That does help us stay relevant in the Apple rankings, things like that. So fresh reviews help us. Five star reviews help us out a lot. Joe, when people aren't listening to this podcast, where can they find you? You can find me at As Joe Flies on social media. Uh, or you can find me uh, taking care of my kids, which is what I'm doing right now. So uh, always a pleasure, guys. What about you, Mark? Shout out to dads everywhere. Represent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. You can email me, Mark, at milestonememories.com. Tell me how much I suck there. Uh, you can comment on uh, our Facebook groups. Join those or message me on the social media apps um, everywhere, as well as on the articles. If you want to uh, comment there, I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Yeah, you can find us at milestonmemories.com, obviously, for all of our podcasts, our videos, including our Vegas show, about to hit 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed, head on over to youtube.com forward slash milestonmemories. Subscribe, help us hit that 30K number. We're at milestonmemories all over social media, and I'll be in therapy uh, right now uh, to recover from this carnival cruise. Uh, That's where you'll find me. Thanks so much uh, for listening, mtmpodcast.com. For links, if you want to support the show, everything else. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Well, you got to say something. Just close it out. All right. Good tips. Uh, no. I need new jokes, man. Not again. I need new jokes. I'm not putting that in. I'm not putting it in. <laughs>